Well, hello, hello. It is good to see you again, and welcome back to the OKR Cohort video and podcast series. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. It's good to be back with you today. And as always, I will have Denise Canfield and Nazar Koja, the co-founders of OKR Cohort, joining me. And we're going to be tackling another big challenge that's facing so many organizations in today's day and age. And boy, do we have a big one lined up for you guys today. But before we you know, take a deep dive into this, let's go ahead and said, uh, say hi to our stars of the show, if you will. Denise. Nazar, it's good to see you both this morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Ryan. It's good to see you doing great and really excited for this conversation today. Good morning, Ryan. Uh, good to see you today. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys carving some time out of your schedules to jump on here. We've got a big, big topic today uh, that we're going to be diving deep into. Denise, why don't you frame things up for our audience from a high level? What's this big challenge you're seeing organizations face today? Well, you know, the challenge, Ryan, not only do I see organizations facing it, but on occasion I've lived through it, and that is having a broken culture within your organization. And that really stems from people lacking clarity and, and cohesiveness and direction on how to unify within your culture, right? And and the culture is really um, the relationship an organization has with its people. And we know everybody wants to have a healthy culture within their organization. Um, because a healthy culture represents their values and is foundational for delivering results, attracting and retaining the right people. And we know it takes time and effort. So the real problem here is when you, um, you know, you, you want to have a healthy culture, but your culture is broken. And that's usually a reality because healthy cultures are reliant on people and every person is unique. And so their whole, they bring their whole life experience to their work. And so many times, um, we don't take that into account. And so we end up with a broken culture. And so I look forward to talking about that today. Yeah, no, no, this is great. And I do want to double click a little further into this. Uh, you know, look, every employer wants to have a great culture. Every employee wants to be a part of a great culture. But let's get into the why. Why would you say this is even a challenge in the first place? Yeah, I think um, a broken culture literally means that your organization's purpose and values are not clear to employees, leaders, and the organization as a whole, and they're not aligned. And so the relationship between all those components is broken. And that that's what it means to us to have a broken culture. And for employees, it's a challenge because they they have a, a loss of purpose, right? They, they don't really understand uh, because they don't have clear goals and don't understand the intentions of the organization. So they feel disconnected um, from the organization, from their work sometimes, and have a lack of motivation and engagement. Um, with those same employees, we see that they don't have the direction, so they end up working on the wrong projects or tasks and um, end up with wasted resources and missed opportunities. And many times what we notice, uh, Ryan, is that they become more individualistic, right? Instead of being part of the team, in a broken cultures, employees tend to focus inwardly on their own individual tasks and neglect the importance of collaboration and teamwork. Uh, which which we know undermines the organization's success, right? Because it's not about individuals, it's about the people, the teams, the organization itself. And so that ultimately um, has, has a huge impact on your culture, right? You, you end up with employees working in a silo, lacking a sense of shared purpose, and, um, and ending up with a, a really a negative culture and, and self-perpetuating or creating a non-virtuous cycle of negativity. 
that results in in a resistance to change by our employees, right? They have changes in their working habits without clear explanations, and so they're they they're confused and they they don't really know where they're supposed to be going, and and it impedes their progress. And so they find themselves in a reactive culture where they become part of a, a shiny object syndrome, right? Where they have whiplash because leaders in the organization become very easily distracted by new things that aren't aligned to their strategy, causing more confusion for the employees and the people. And, and leaders are, are both part of the solution and part of the problem, right? Because our leaders, when, when they don't have clarity on the purpose and vision and, and, uh, and that impacts how they are creating the narrative for the organization. So they're not aligned to the overall strategy. They have inconsistency in communication and ex execution. So that impacts the culture. They are focused more on their personal leadership. So they, they're more about rallying employees behind them as an individual leader instead of behind the organization and the organization's purpose. And so you don't get a unified culture. You get a leader's culture. Uh, they they kind of bring the shifting priorities. I hate to say it, but leaders tend to be the um, instigator of that shiny object culture uh, and syndrome that we see with people. And they they cause whiplash from moving from what was the priority last week to the new priority this week. And many times changing that priority uh, month over month or even quarter over quarter, which ends up with duplication and inefficiency. So it's it's a real problem among leaders and employees. And Nazar, maybe talk a little bit about why it's a challenge for organizations. Thanks, Denise. Similar to what you mentioned earlier in uh, employees versus leaders, and these are everybody in that in that organization build that culture, right? The challenge organizations face when dealing with the broken culture. Mm -hmm and the consequences it can have a various aspect of the business, right? So a positive organization culture relies on its people, like you mentioned earlier. However, each person brings their own unique life experience, beliefs, and value to the table. The diversity can be the source of this, of this strength, but when not properly managed, it can lead to the misunderstanding, conflicts, and contributing to the broken culture. When you consider organization as a system, a broken culture can cause a disruptions across the entire network. With multiple personalities and varying perspective, misalignment and miscommunication can arise and making it very difficult for teams to function effectively and causing overall system to deteriorate. Furthermore, an organization reputation is vital to its success too. So when a company becomes known for having a toxic culture, it can have far-reaching consequences from difficulties in attracting top talent and losing valuable business partnerships. This negative perception can further exacerbate uh, uh, the existing culture issues. A broken culture often results in employees struggling to work effectively and cohesively. This can lead to a decline in productivity, which turn impacts in the quality of work and the overall success of the organization. The lack of collaboration and trust among employees can further hinder innovation and growth. Decline in productivity, like we mentioned earlier, caused by broken culture can also lead to increased cost, 
and higher employee turnover, wasted resources and inefficiency can can strain and an organization's budget and hamper it is its ability to compete in the market. It, last but not least, in an organization with a cu- broken culture, unhealthy habits and behavior can be become in- ingrained. This issues can divert focus and resources from core business objectives, such as creating innovative products or services, and to addressing the consequences to a toxic environment. Yeah, I mean, there's a slew of different issues as to why this is a problem. I like how we're breaking it down here from the employee's perspective, the leaders, and then the organization as a whole unit. And I I do want to double click one step further because it's worth mentioning, look, there's a ripple effect to this issue on these leaders, on these employees, on the organization as a whole. Denise, what's what is the ripple effect that you see? Let, I guess we can start with the employees. What's what's the end result? You know, where do we really end up as a result of this broken culture within an organization? Well, I think many of us have lived it, and and as people, as employees in an organization, what we notice is um, we're not celebrating wins, and so we're creating a negative environment unintentionally because we're complaining about the work, we're complaining at home, we're complaining in the office. And so we foster this negative atmosphere. And that can lead to a real non-virtuous cycle, right? Where you start to disengage and and as you become more negative, you're damaging the workplace culture and employee morale. And in that environment, tensions start to rise. We, we have an emotional dissonance with what's going on. We get stressed. Our mental and physical well-being gets impacted. And through that, obviously, it leads to burnout, uh, reduced productivity, as Nazar mentioned, and and poor job satisfaction, right? So in this broken culture, the the workplace is toxic and we can't thrive. We become disengaged. We have poor poor performance and and literally our health declines. And and so um, many studies have shown that. And so that's not good. And on top of that, we end up with leaders who are struggling through this, right? They they end up with a reactive mindset um, and a reactive culture that they have created. And they kind of know that inside and they don't know how to fix it because they're wasting resources. They're throwing away work. They're becoming frustrated and they're pointing the finger. So now they, they start getting into the business. They become micromanagers. They undermine employee autonomy and um, stifle creativity, which obviously starts to impact um, em- employees, as we've mentioned, but the the intellectual power of those employees, and and they're unable to tap into people's potential, so they miss out on insights and innovation, and start to erode trust in the organization. Uh, they don't they they don't mean to. Let's be clear, they don't mean to. But by their behaviors, they um, they don't empower employees, and employees feel like leaders don't trust them, and they begin not to trust their leaders, which ultimately ends up leading to attrition and poor reputation for both the leader and the company. Because many people say, hey, people don't leave companies, they leave people. And and the leaders are the people we leave. And so uh, when employees leave uh, and get asked about it, they do talk about that that toxic culture and how it came about. And usually it's the leader's reputation that is damaged. And Azar, I know there are obviously ripple effects within the organization. Why don't you share a few of those? 
I would say, uh, Denise, is ripple of ripple effect in organization. When you talked about the employee's impact uh, in the toxic culture, it leads to mass exodus of employees resulting in high turnover rates and increased costs associated with the recruitment and training. It's very key to that. From the organization perspective, it's also the cost associated. It also rev impact the revenue as well. So decline in employee productivity and satisfaction can negatively affect revenue and hindering the organization growth and financial stability. When you mentioned about the work-life imbalance earlier within the employee's perspective, that contributes to unhealthy, like further to reducing job satisfaction, increased stress level high, it will be creating a very different negative environment. And that sometimes leads to the ethical concerns as well. In some cases, the toxic environment can lead to unethical behavior and damaging the organization reputation and potentially leading to the legal ramifications. Last but not least is the is a valuation de uh, decrease, right? So in overall, employee happiness declines and the organization struggles with the consequences of broken culture. Its valuation may decrease and impacting the attractiveness to the investors and the stakeholders. Yeah, no, this is great, guys. And there's no denying clearly that a broken culture can have a serious ripple effects or as Nazar alluded to, the ripple of the ripple effects that can really, really damage or, or frankly bring down an organization. I want to look at the flip side, though, to what a positive culture can look like for for leaders, for employees, for the organization as a whole. Talk to me about how life could be so much better if an organization that had a broken culture could just solve that issue and and really bring a positive culture to uh, to its ranks. So, so true, Ryan, right? There's hope. Let me just say that there is hope. Um, and uh, as we mentioned, culture is essentially the relationship between a company and its people. And when the culture or the relationship is healthy, amazing things happen, right? And so for employees, what happens is they have, have a sense of belonging, right? They feel that they are part of something. And when employees feel like they are part of something great or a supportive family, that enhances their job satisfaction and their loyalty. We see that they have um, uh, an improved workflow. It's smoother. Their processes and tasks flow more efficiently. And that leads to um, increased productivity, a better sense of accomplishment, and really delivering on the outcomes that the organization needs. Additionally, uh, when you're in a healthy relationship, you grow. Right. And so employees in a thriving culture feel like they are part of that amazing thing. They're contributing and they are growing both personally and professionally, which creates a real sense of fulfillment for employees. And, um, you know, absolutely, it's it's better for leaders. Right. Uh, they see stronger teamwork within their organization. Um, they see a great organization culture, and they feel like they're part of building that culture. They make it so that they are better than they were as an individual, and they can rally their teams around shared goals, promoting collaboration, and creating an um, innovative uh, organization that is really powered by a sense of purpose. Um, the leaders really benefit by these employees who are more motivated, who have a sense of belonging, because they help contribute to driving growth for the organization. And, and throughout all of this, right, when you're working at a great company with a great culture and a positive culture, uh, you have an enhanced reputation, right? Even if people do end up leaving, they're leaving usually because they're going on to something that they think could even be better. 
And they then enhance the reputation of the leader by sharing how great that leader was, how inspiring they were, how much they were an effective role model. Many times when they're asked that question, share, share about someone who helped you grow. It's that leader from an organization that had a thriving culture. And so that really, um, that really helps our leaders and makes them feel like they're really being impactful. And of course, it has a, an impact on the organization. Nazar, share a little bit about what we see organization-wide when the culture is thriving. When you're looking at it, uh, organizational perspective, Denise, it's a organization with a healthy and inclusive culture can differentiate themselves in the market, attracting top talent and customers and partners. They also focus, if you are looking at it, their, their sustainability growth will have some kind of a high potential opportunities. By addressing a root causes of broken culture, organization can create a positive and supportive environment that drives long-term success and growth. A strong organization culture helps improve the company brand's image, increasing its appeal to investors and stakeholders and positively impacting overall valuation. So in in summary or in conclusion, by prioritizing the development of healthy and inclusive culture, organizations can unlock the full potential of their employees and leaders and creating a positive work environment and drive success, growth, and overall well-being. Yeah, and, and Nazar, who doesn't want that, right? I mean, that's that's what every employee wants to experience when they show up at work. That's what every leader wants to feel when they see smiles on their employees' faces. That's the ideal picture, right? So I want to step back, though, from this idea of, you know, the challenge, really, of, of having a toxic, toxic culture. And, and for those who are a little unfamiliar about your work with OKR Cohort and how you leave a footprint on other organizations out there. Could you bring us up to speed on a little bit about what it is that you guys do and how you work with organizations to solve not only culture issues like we're talking about today, but just organizational issues as a whole? Definitely, Ryan. Um, I'm going to talk about what OKR is, right? So OKR stands for Objective and Key Results. It's a lightweight framework that helps organizations articulate their goals, create alignment, and our foundation of creating a healthy culture aligned to your strategy. I think, Denise, you can talk about what we do to support that. <laughs> Absolutely, Nazar. Um, look, leaders hire us to implement OKRs to help create an outcome-focused culture. Uh, in doing that, we help them to embed purpose in the work of their people and to align that work across the organization, which provides focus and breaks the cycle of the, the shiny object syndrome. So that, that's really why leaders bring us in is to implement OKRs as a building block of improving their culture. No, no, this is great. I, I appreciate you guys bringing our, our audience up to speed there. Uh, hey, look, a big part of what we do here on this this show is is providing value, right, to our audience. So we're talking about this idea of a broken culture and how it can really leave a nasty footprint on your organization. But tell us, what's what's the lesson, if you will? What can organizations begin doing to start curbing this issue, to start – you know, promoting a positive culture and maybe get rid of that broken culture that could be a real threat to the organization's uh, overall health as a whole. 
Thank you, Ryan. It, it's it's my favorite part of these podcasts, right? Is like, how can we solve this? And um, we believe that the, the development of a healthy and inclusive culture is all about creating a way of working that is healthy for all of our people, regardless of their background, regardless of what they bring um, to the table. Uh, we need to intentionally create a culture that empowers them. And as Nazar said, when we do that, it unlocks the full potential of employees, leaders, and the organization, creating a, a positive work environment that drives success, growth, and overall well-being. And foundational to that is transparency and alignment, right? They are core to a healthy culture. And that's where we believe leveraging the OKR framework really sets that stage, right? You, you may have your vision, you have your mission, you have your strategy. Vision and mission are usually pretty transparent, but that strategy is sometimes not as transparent. And so in our OKR cycle, where you set OKRs, you align OKRs, you share them, you transparently share them to the whole organization, and then you embed them in how you operate and reflect doing a continuous improvement cycle. It is designed to build that transparency throughout the whole organization. So people really um, embed your strategy in how they work. So we, we work with leaders to help them set their OKRs by facilitating the co-creation with um, both the top level leadership teams and leadership teams throughout the organization. Prior to setting the OKRs, though, we ensure that the organization is on the same page with their vision, mission, and strategy. You can't set OKRs until those elements are in place and the leaders are on the same page related to that. So we, we work with them on their vision, mission, and strategy, and then co-create the OKRs because OKRs are the bridge from strategy to short-term execution, whether it's the next quarter or the next year. They paint that picture for everyone in the organization to align their work and get on the same page. Um, they create a, a they're, the, they're the mechanism to create a culture of curiosity, which, which means um, when you get that bright, shiny object syndrome uh, and it raises its head in your organization and someone, whether it's a leader or another individual, brings the shiny object to you, the whole organization is now empowered to to ask questions, right? Not just say no, but let's be curious and figure out, hey, is the bright, shiny object something that is part of our OKRs that could maybe help accelerate our OKRs or is it a distraction, right? And so we can be really intentional and say, hey, yes, no, or maybe later when that thing comes at us sideways. Um, so, so really with OKRs, the organization fosters a culture of transparency, collaboration, and achievement, which helps to unify employees and people towards a shared vision and goal. Um, that the, the setting and, and aligning and sharing is the first part, but now we got to work with it. So Nazar, maybe share a bit about how there are some new ways of working that leverage OKRs as a foundational element of, of what people do day to day. Def definitely, Denise, on that part, because since uh, we when we going into the team and organizing a team, our focus always would be a, be a team will be organized from the outcome focused teams or purposeful teams. In order to do that, at first, ensure that each team is built around clear purpose and specific outcomes that align with the organization overall goals. 
This helps to foster a sense of shared mission and unity across teams. Secondly, encourage teams to focus on constantly improving their processes and performance while working towards achieving their desired goals. This fosters a culture of growth and adaptability. Thirdly, implement regular routines and cadences for collaboration and communication among teams. And this helps to ensure alignment and promotes effective teamwork. While OKRs are crucial for setting and tracking objectives, it is equally it is equally important to pay attention to how the teams work together to ensure work processes are efficient and inclusive and promote collaboration. Furthermore, encourage teams to work together across organization to leverage collective knowledge, skills, and resources. And this helps to break down silos and foster a more unified culture. Also identify purpose and outcomes for a team of teams. So when you are looking at it only a team level, but we have to go bigger, broader than a team as a team of teams approach that complements the overall organization goals, ensuring that each team contributes to the common objective. Most important part is when you hire individuals who possesses problem-solving attitude and are committed to achieving broader goals, not the individual goals. And that helps to create a workforce that is dedicated and delivering positive outcomes. Last but not least, it's very important part to understand is provide ongoing education and training to employees, ensuring they have the necessary knowledge and skills to contribute effectively to the organization's objectives and outcomes. And this not only empowers your workforce, but also creates a culture of continuous learning and development. All in all, organization can build strong foundation for a healthy and inclusive culture that is centered around achieving positive outcomes and leveraging a power of OKRs. Denise, you want to elaborate a little bit more on on that side? Absolutely, Nazar. You know, I think the way of working in an organization is so critical, you know, whether you call it agile, what, whatever way of working you're leveraging, it, it's intended to build connection, belonging, trust, momentum to drive the outcomes of your successful teams. And, and we really feel like an organization can enable an outcome-focused culture through OKRs, as we've mentioned, right? It's a powerful tool that fosters clarity and cohesiveness. Um, you do that in, in many different ways, right? We talked about setting them, aligning them, right? It's, it's then the next thing that you want to do is really cascade that down through the organization, ensuring that every team and individual can align their goals with that overall vision. And I just want to be clear, I use the word cascade. That doesn't mean everybody has the same thing at each level. You literally have the up, upper level um, and that information, and you align to that uh, and and use your own language, your own words to create the next level so that it becomes really personal. That's why you co-create it with the set of leaders at each level. It's not just cascaded and given to someone. It's co-created with the leaders who own those OKRs. Um, and then you share them across teams and departments to encourage collaboration and, um, and get 
get on the same page so that you align efforts and minimize conflicting priorities. So it's not just about understanding what you need to do, but also having a, a snapshot of what other teams are doing. So you get that vision into how it's all going to come together. So this, um, this really helps the organization as a whole, and it provides that alignment horizontally across the organization to decrease duplication and, and frustration, which is usually what happens when you have duplication. Um, we, we do encourage teams to set specific measurable goals through the OKR framework, and, and that process promotes focus effort and enables teams to prioritize the tasks then that contribute directly to the desired outcomes. Um, it, it gets us focused on the most important work. It also provides clear accountability for leaders so that uh, leaders can really focus on the right thing, right? They're not asking about, did you finish the activity? They're asking about, did the activity deliver the outcome we intended? And that really shifts the responsibility of the outcomes from leaders to the individuals doing the work and creates ownership for us as people and purpose in the work that we do. So um, when you're embedding it, you're regularly reviewing, whether in one-on-one -on -one staff meetings or, or however you work, it really helps leaders ensure that we are um, making progress, but more importantly, removing any obstacles or challenges that employees are, are, are being impacted by when they're trying to get the outcomes accomplished. So um, at the heart of it, right, OKR is a framework and an effective method for creating an outcome-focused culture that is transparent, right? And it provides clarity, promotes cohesiveness, and establishes accountability so that organizations can align their efforts, improve collaboration, and drive success. So OKRs are really the, the key element to creating transparency within your culture and empowering people. Uh, this, no, this is fantastic. I appreciate you guys breaking it down on such a granular level because yes, OKRs, I mean, we've talked about it in so many different ways, shapes and forms on the show about how they can be leveraged and utilized to address a slew of different issues that organizations can be plagued by. But Culture is a tough one. You know, we, we talked about communication in a prior episode. That's another sticky you know, subject and difficult challenge to address. Culture equally as important, also very difficult to address within an organization. And it's great to hear how OKRs can really be leveraged. So for our audience then, for anybody who's hearing this and, and internalizing and thinking, wow, man, I could really be using something like this in my organization. What would be the best way somebody could take this lesson today and start implementing it for their, their company? Yeah, Ryan, um, I love it. Culture is tough. Um, it's it's not easy, uh, and and it's because it's a relationship, right? And it's a relationship not just between two people, but between however many people you have in your organization. And so to get started, right, uh, you you could just start by by being more transparent, and and we think you can do that through leveraging the OKR framework. And, and you could just start. But we really think that uh, starting starts with a dialogue to understand a little bit about your culture, hear a little bit about what, what problems you're seeing, what impacts that's having. And so for us, you start working with us by, by reaching out, clicking the link below, and grabbing some time on our calendars or reach out via LinkedIn. And just let's set up some time to talk 
so that we can understand what you're experiencing and create the right plan to implementing OKRs to help you create a, a thriving culture. No, that fantastic, Denise. And and we'd be remiss if before we wrap up today's episode, if we didn't talk about an example, right? I mean, I know you guys work with a lot of organizations to address these types of problems, but do you have a story or an example you could share with us today that might illustrate uh, how a company that you worked with, you know, utilized the lesson you shared with us today to be able to address kind of a broken culture within their organization? Ryan, one of the top financial institution in Canada with more than 20,000 employees we worked engaged us to help solve similar problem where we found that every group is disconnected and not fully aligned with the top level strategy and principles. In other words, we call it as right hand is not aware of what the left hand is doing and how it can be done. So for that reason, the problem that we had, it was the employees were pretty disengaged or working in silo and not understanding how their work is contributed to broader, greater good for the organization. At first, we introduced key principle of agility and OKR uh, principles as follows, right? So we have those transparency, collaboration, alignment, continuous improvement, and, and also cohesiveness, right? So working together. So we did introduce the OKR and agility framework together on all these, well, uh, like, in, and then other each of the level, each of the principles will be other uh, around every group and level as possible, right? So we will focus on the principles rather than how the process works in there. In the end, the organization found that having a clear understanding of organization goal and principle brought synergy and connectedness among groups and helped them focus on what matters the more overall organization. So when we go and looking at their 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 uh, key or key results or or metrics of improvements, the product productivity went up like five or ten percent up, and then also employee engagement scores were moved from like almost seventy five to eighty five or ninety in one case within a year, and that's where you find that people are connected and there is no broken culture there. Denise, you would, would like to share about our experience with LHW. Absolutely, Nazar. Um, so LHW, Leading Hotels of the World, a little smaller than the financial institution that Nazar talked about. They have under 500 people. Um, and and they brought us in because they, they wanted to create a high-performance culture. And uh, I have this quote from Shannon, their uh, CEO. She said, in an effort to, to develop a high-performance culture, we look to OKRs to connect every employee to our company's strategy. Um, and they came to us and they, they wanted to start that and be done in eight weeks. So again, Nazar mentioned they, they shifted the culture in a year at that large financial organization. Well, LHW wanted to do this in eight weeks and they asked us to come in and help them create OKRs at the leadership level, um, at the team levels and at the individual level. And this was really intriguing to us because not many companies take OKRs all the way down to the individual level. But LHW understood the importance of doing that to really embed purpose in people's week, uh, work. 
And so we we worked with them and uh, were able to deliver that fast turnaround. And the impact was, first of all, by co-creating OKRs with the leaders and the leadership team, they had a, a better level of clarity on contribution and expectations for each team. So clarity happened at the leadership level. It also um, connected them to the strategy and what success would look like. And then they were able to go do, do this within their organization and link employees OKRs to the management team OKRs and to the company levels. So they really embedded it all the way throughout the organization. And what that did for employees is, of course, they understood how their work fit into the company's strategy. But more importantly, they had a clear set of expectations, which, which really, I think, is at the heart of creating purpose for people. It's when we know that we are working on the right things, that we have the right expectations from people, we have that clarity, uh, we can go forth and conquer a lot. And that's what happened within LHW. Um, on top of that, they had the ability to measure and, and track performance. So people throughout the year uh, knew what they were expected to do. They were checking in regularly, and then they were really intentional about having a quarterly uh, conversation with their leaders specific to their OKRs. Where are we? Which obviously makes that performance management cycle um, really much, much more effective. And and what they noticed is their average employee NPS uh, scores significantly surpassed the KR they had set for their NPS score. On top of that, they exceeded their revenue goals for the year. So it, it really speaks to how um, your culture impacts your results. And so we we asked them, we we met with them um, at the end of the year and uh, and and asked them what behavior change they had seen and what OKR adoption was like after their first year. And they said that leaders were more transparent through the adoption of OKRs and sharing them. Uh, they felt that OKRs had especially changed the behavior of human resources, right? It solved a common problem for them, uh, which is how long it takes to fill open roles. And they, they were facing that same problem, just like many organizations are, and they were able to decrease that time significantly. And then they said that, that talking about OKRs every month changed the focus of their organization and provided clarity um, on, on where the whole organization was go going and brought them together. So they really felt that OKRs had that impact on that, their culture that they were looking for and that they are continuing to improve, but really do have a high performance culture now. Uh, no, the, these are fantastic examples. I appreciate you guys sharing them because I, they illustrate a few things. I love the, you know, you get the massive or bigger financial institution and then a smaller, more boutique organization. So you've got that end of it, but also very different organizations in the way that they operate, the type of industry they're involved in. So that that's a testament to how OKRs can really be leveraged regardless of size or shape or or whatever industry you're working in. This is this was really beneficial, I think, to, to hear those stories. So thanks for sharing them. So so then I guess as we're wrapping up then uh, today, Denise, one final time for anybody out there that's hearing about this importance of leveraging OKRs, maybe they themselves are dealing with an organization that has a broken culture and they know that they need to take some steps to address it. One more time, what's the best way they can get in touch with you and your team? 
Well, we have the link below, so you can simply click on that link and grab time on our calendar. I think that is the easiest way, but uh, otherwise reach out via LinkedIn. And let's just start by having a conversation because uh, it's, it's the quickest way to focus this framework on helping you so that you start in the right way and, and get that transparency and clarity that's going to improve your culture. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Hey, look, I know you're both very busy folks. You've got clients to serve. We'll let you get back to doing that, but I appreciate you both jumping on diving into this big issue of, of a broken culture within organizations and unpacking it because there's a lot going on in here. And I think we really uh, dove deep into it today. So thank you. And uh, I'll see you both on the next one. Thank you so much, Ryan. It's been great chatting about this and, and look forward to our next session. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for having us. Of course, of course. And hey, look, folks, we're going to take one final moment and thank you for jumping aboard and being with us on the show today. If you took anything away from today's discussion, we hope so. A lot of value left on the table today. Well, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whichever platform you check this out on. That way you never miss out on a future conversation where Denise, Nazar, myself unpack these different big challenges that face organizations of all shapes and sizes. And we'll you know dive into what the challenge is and provide value on how that challenge can be addressed. But for Denise, for Nazar, I'm Ryan, we're going to go ahead and say so long. We appreciate you stopping by and being with us on the OKR Cohort video podcast series.